Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. What's going on and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast, episode 267, The Wrap Up. I serve as your humble and also gracious host, Bryce Isaiah, and I thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you could be so kind to ensure that you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts. The Purple Pants Podcast awaits for you to subscribe, write a review, give your baby boy some five stars, and don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend about the Purple Pants Podcast. What is going on? How is everyone doing? How is the wrap-up of your summer? coming because listen some kids are back in school i know a lot of college children have moved into their dorms shout out to all of the freshmen that are getting a taste at what college life is like i remember my first night in my dorm at temple university now mind you i didn't go far away but i remember that first night like it was yesterday my family moved me in and you know baby boy went out with some friends and you know school had I was like a college student I couldn't believe it and my time at Temple went by super fast and you know I think that for all of the chillings okay the chillings that are back to school enjoy your time get your studying done have fun make memories you know because listen the wrap up summer is wrapping up rapidly and again I've been saying all summer where the summer been because for me, it's like the summer is rushing the summer. The summer got somewhere to be. And I'm trying to figure out why it's not here. Because it has been raining, 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 raining to the point. Y'all know I have a, a outdoor oasis with I have, you know, a beautiful garden in my backyard. A lot of my plants in my backyard have died due to the over water from the rain. So I don't know what's going on, but I hope whatever you have planned for the rest of your summer, I hope that, you know, take some time for yourself, get yourself together, enjoy this weather because soon, 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 we're going to be bundled up. But listen, we're going to be prepared for the bundle up. I apologize last week. Your baby boy was out in Sacramento, California, and I was in Furley, Reno, Nevada. I was in Reno, Nevada, and I was in Fernley, Nevada. My oldest nephew, my sister, uh, has a son the same age as me. His name is Justin. And we've been like best of friends since I can remember. Like I remember growing up. Um, just so many memories uh, with my nephew, Justin. Really like my cousin, really like my friend. But like I always just like to say my nephew because he really is my nephew. Uh, but, you know, we've always been super close growing up. I mean, we used to get into so much trouble. We used to explore the woods. I remember, like, playing with matches, even though that's, you know, you shouldn't play with matches. But we were, like, eight, so that doesn't count. Um, so he had moved to 
Reno a couple of years ago and my sister had like this annual trip where we go out to see him. Now, mind you, I didn't participate in the trip last year because I don't know what I was doing. But this year, my sister was like, I'm going out to see Justin in August. You want to come? Justin wants you to come. And so me and my sister, you know, we always make a trip of a trip of a trip. So we flew into Sacramento to see what Sacramento had to offer. And, you know, Sacramento is a cool little place you know I had me a good time and then we drove two and a half hours from Sacramento to Fernley Nevada uh, where my, my my Justin where my nephew lives and he currently lives with his girlfriend and they're her two children uh, and they have three dogs and my nephew was like breeding dogs they're like uh, golden doodles they're so big and beautiful and so we really just had a lot of just time hanging out, playing cards. We went to Lake Tahoe. We went hiking. We went shopping. And so I really had a good time. Now, mind you, first of all, shout out to my nephew's girlfriend, Nicole, and her children. Uh, they were very hospitable to us, making us gravy and biscuits, spaghetti, going out. Had a really good time. Now, mind you, you know I got to keep it real here on the podcast. Uh so I had an amazing time with my nephew, with my sister. Uh, just a great trip. However, whew, let me just say, right? Like I've been to Las Vegas before. I've been to Nevada uh, before visiting my nephew. But baby, I don't know what has changed. But I, I, I just say it was just very prevalent that wherever we went, we were black, right? Like, and so I say that to say that wherever I go, I'm black, right? You know, but I mean, I, like, I want to say every day that we were with my nephew or that we were in Nevada, there were, like, we dealt with some type of racism, like really weird. Uh, and yeah, I just, uh, that, just took me by surprise. Like, you know, I, I know I'm not in the comforts of Pennsylvania and Philip, because mind you, you know, Pennsylvania is a racist state in itself, but I wasn't in the comfort of, you know, a metropolitan city like Philadelphia. Uh, we were in a very small town. We were in Reno and it is just, whew. I mean, whew. To the point where one morning my sister and I pulled up to my nephew's house and my nephew was in like somewhat of a screaming match with his neighbor because my, my nephew was real like he loves gadgets and gadgets. And my nephew, Justin, and his girlfriend's son, they have a really close bond. Like they ride bikes together, do all this stuff. So my nephew has a drone and like they were flying a drone. And child, not the neighbor across the street coming out talking about boy, if you don't, don't fly that. Or like, I mean, to the point where calling my nephew a boy, using the N word, like, I mean, crazy. Uh, so it was just, I don't know, then just very, just little stuff that like happened throughout the trip that was just kind of like major be like, am I crazy or did that just happen? So it was just an experience for, for me and just very eye opening just to be like that. I mean, whew, it's a, it, it could be different places. However, in that same vein of all of the negative, negative people that we encountered. There were a slew of positivity. There were a slew of amazing people. Um, child. Then we went to Lake Tahoe. Lake Tahoe was beautiful. I didn't realize that like Lake Tahoe is like 80% in California. Uh, 
20% in Nevada. Beautiful child. We experienced something that like, oh, listen, it was a lot. Um, yeah, we just, there was a bar on like the Lake Beach. And I was like, you know what? Let me go get me something to drink. You know, wet my whistle had me a good time. Now go up to the bar. And it's all of the people that don't look like me, which is fine. Uh, so I just wait my little self at the side. Uh, the lady that is serving people, she looks like she's finishing up people to the left. She comes back over. She like closes out people to the right. Uh, the people to the left that she has served. Now she's closing them out. The people to the right that she served, they get up and leave. New people come. She goes and has to run up to like the main bar at the top, then come back down. Now, mind you, I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> sitting here like, child, she look at me and go right to them other people. I said, oh, you know what? I won't be spending my money at this establishment. Uh, so it was just like little stuff like that, like happening all throughout the weekend. Like we go into a restaurant and, you know, it's six of us because it's me, my sister, my nephew, his girlfriend and her two children who are white. And we all go into the restaurant together and the server looks at my nephew's girlfriend and she's like a table for, for three. Like, like, you know, just very little like microaggressions that and instantly when that lady said that me and my sister looked at each other because me and my sister know. And so just little stuff that would make you be like, am I crazy? Just all throughout the weekend that it was just like almost kind of dampering the weekend just with the the toot of the area in which we were in. However, you know, we rose above it and we still had an amazing time. But I was like, oh, I got to, I, I got to tell my truth to the podcast because I was taken aback. Uh, it was just very different. And um, I haven't experienced something like so overtly and like constant in a very long time. Uh, but uh, again, of course it's good to go to those places and be yourself and interact with the people. And, and so, you know, we did that and we had a good time and, you know, Nevada was beautiful. Child was there at the same time. Hillary was there. They talk about Southern California, but luckily uh, we didn't really see any, a lot of her remnants or really any at all. Um, but I had me a good little time visiting my nephew and just getting away. Sometimes you just need to get away. I mean, not to racist places or people that are racist, but, you know, sometimes you just need to get away and just, you know, make sure you appreciate where you live and what you experience and, and the community of people that you've built. Um, so that's why your baby boy wasn't here last week. So I do apologize, but I am back and better than ever. And I'm excited for this week's episode. We've got the church announcements. And on this week's podcast, I did part one to season two of Just Like That. Now season two has ended and I'm giving you my take on part two. And for the summer, I turned pretty. Listen, now all while I was in California and Nevada in the airport and at Lake Tahoe, I was running into people talking about the summer I turned pretty. I said, oh, okay. I wasn't, I, I was like, am I the only person watching this? So I'm giving you my take on season two, the second part, the ending. And then we've got Barb's message. And of course, you know, we've got the freak of the week. So listen, let's get this podcast rolling. <laughs> For this week's church announcements, I've got 
two reminders for you. The first reminder, okay, if you don't know, you better know the Bryce Isaiah 2024 Zaddy calendar is available and they are flying out like hotcakes. It may be the best body of Zaddies that I have put together. So don't wait. You can order your Zaddy calendar. Now you can click the link in my Instagram bio, my Twitter bio, or you can go to the description in this podcast and bless your life with a Zaddy calendar. Now, the second announcement on the docket is listen, 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 listen. Maybe over the last two weeks, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who uh, we were talking about something random and it jogged their memory about an interaction that they recently had with me and they slightly and politely told me about myself right and immediately when they started going into some of the behavior that they did not appreciate of mine I immediately became very defensive and I immediately was like you're not perceived like that. That's not what was happening, which wasn't what was happening. But um, in that very like conversation, we were going back and forth, this friend and I, and I immediately had to check myself. Right. And I was like, well, it doesn't matter if that wasn't the end. Well, it does matter. But in this for this conversation, I had to like literally check myself as I'm going back and forth with my friend because it's like, well, here this friend is like taking this opportunity to be vulnerable with me and tell me about myself. And here I am, a person that always preaches about on a road to a better price and really trying to like, you know, evolve and be a more mature person. Here I am like finding myself going back and forth with this person. And so I'm like, if I regardless of what my intent of the actions were. Like, I really just needed to be quiet and listen to what the person was saying because immediately once they started talking, because we were talking about something random, and immediately once the person uh, started telling me about myself, I became defensive. And so I don't think that I was really listening. And so normally in situations like this, you know, I'll end a conversation or I'll leave, I'll go home, and then I'll have time to reflect and then I can talk to the person later but immediately in this conversation I literally was like I am so sorry uh for becoming combative and actually not listening to what information and advice that you are giving to me and I like immediately apologized and I allowed my friend to kind of again tell me about myself and I'm very appreciative of it because although I don't believe the the chain of events I mean, they happen how they happen, right? However, my intent of the events wasn't really what what my friend got out of it wasn't really what I was putting down. However, I had to think about it like it doesn't matter because that's what they perceived of anything. And so that's what is true in their mind. And it really kind of just allowed me to like sit back and to think about so many interactions and so many times where, you know, I might be feeling insecure or I might not be feeling the best of myself and I might like word vomit things or say different things. Um, and it could be me just venting to a friend, not really wanting anyone to like decipher anything about it. However, it makes me think about in those moments that like, maybe I don't need to be sharing that type of stuff. Maybe I need to like, you know, be quiet. Maybe I need to just it just gave me another tool to put in my arsenal for evolving on this road 
to a better Bryce. And so I really just want to encourage anyone that is listening, and I thank you all for listening, but anyone that is listening, I feel like sometimes we get really good at being like, I'm working on a better me, new me, new, and we're really good at giving advice. But in the times that when we need to hear about ourselves, we don't become the best listener or we come combative or we deflect or like, and sometimes, although we don't want to hear it, sometimes we need to hear about ourselves. And what good are friends if they're not going to call you to the carpet? Like, what good are, like, you know what I'm saying? And so I appreciate this friend for calling me to the carpet because I'm sure they were like, oh, I don't want to argue with Bryce, but I need to let Bryce know about himself. And I don't want friends that are cont- just going to yes me and say this, that. Like, I want friends that can keep it real with me. And if you want friends like that, you also have to be able to allow your friends to be real with you because if you get defensive and combative your friends gonna be like you know what I ain't talking to so-and-so no more or I ain't never gonna have a conversation like this with so-and-so because they don't ever listen and that ultimately will affect you because if your friends can't tell you about yourself how are you supposed to get better how are you supposed to grow how are you supposed to learn so church announcement is maybe things that we don't want to hear Maybe not the time, but sometimes we just need to listen, absorb, and we don't even have to say anything. But sometimes we just need to be quiet. So we got to not get defensive or and and catch yourself because I literally had to catch myself because I was like, I I ain't do that. What you what? what?" And then I was like, now, wait a minute. Why are you like? And then I literally had to listen. And then after we had the conversation, my friend was like, I'm so Proud of you for being able to catch yourself uh, like that. And again, from that conversation, I've been able to just think and apply that thinking to so many different elements of my life. And I'm on a road to a better Bryce. And so this church announcement, a little lengthy, but again, sometimes we, in order to have real friends to keep it real with you, we have to allow them to keep it real with us. And allowing them to keep it real with us, to keep it real with us is to hear what they have to say, to not have a quick comeback, to not try to defend something, to just listen. You may not agree with it, but that's their perception of it. And sometimes is that that's their reality. So we need to listen. We need to do better at listening. Okay. That's your church announcements. It's a man who is a menu. Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who is a menu. Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. And so the HBO Max series, just like that, season two just ended. And I gave you a take on what I thought of part the first half of season two. Now the season has ended. And for me, honestly, it felt more like a series ending than a season ending the way that this has ended. So I am curious as to whether or not we are going to get a season three. Now, I would be here for it or if they are going to end it how they just ended, because the way the season ended, it like kind of like wrapped a lot of things up now. More can be explored, but the way that it wrapped up, it kind of was like giving done vibes. There have been a lot of people, and I talked about this before, that have been very critical of just like that. Uh, They basically have been saying that the writing 
the force diversity. Now, this is the people saying this, not me. Uh, the writing, the force diversity uh, have been ruining, ruining a legacy. I disagree. I think that the diversity, one, was much needed. Two, I think that it's amazing. I think the writing is pretty spot on. I, I think that people just get stuck in that time capsule of what Sex and the City was. It's 2023. And I think that they really do a good job of putting the characters in what today would be like. So I think, in my opinion, I think it's good. And I'd be here for a season three. Now, let me give you the wrap up of the wrap up of the wrap up. So let's start in the messiest spot of all. Our girl, Miranda, we know Miranda has been going through the separation with Steve. Uh, she has been having, you know, some issues getting connections with her son, Brady. She's been in this horrible relationship with Shay. And I am happy to report that the relationship has ended because I just feel like Shay was having Miranda doing these things that Miranda necessarily wasn't really comfortable doing, but because she was in this relationship with Shay and committed to exploring her new sexuality that she was doing that you could just tell she wasn't comfortable with. And I just feel like Shay was a jerk to Miranda. And so that relationship has ended. Uh, Miranda is interning at this. She interning at this law place that does civil law looks like for immigration and different things and she just starts off as an intern but clearly she has over 20 years of being a lawyer and so she kind of sort of rises to the top and she's kind of sort of getting her footing and this is really what she has wanted to do which is why she left the corporate world went back to school and wants to practice this type of law she goes to a show a comedy show of Shades with Carrie and Aiden. And spoiler alert, Aiden is back. And baby, we going to get to that because I got some thoughts and opinions on Aiden. She goes to this comedy show uh, because Carrie asks her to go to the comedy show. And Carrie also has been checking up on Steve. Steve has like this new business on Coney Island. And Miranda says to Carrie at one point, like, girl, like, it's kind of weird that you're hanging out with all of my exes. And Carrie's like, well, girl, it's kind of weird that like you're not checking in on your not soon to be ex-husband and your partner. Like, that's kind of a thing of a thing for you. Then someone else says to Miranda, like, I wish I could cut my exes off like how you cut your exes off. And Miranda's like, I don't cut my exes off, but Miranda cut her exes off. Listen, she cut her exes off like how I cut my exes off. Who, what, where, when, and why? I don't know. So she goes to the comedy show and she doesn't tell Shay that she's going. And baby, Shay's new material now, keep in mind, Shay lost the pilot. She was shooting a pilot when she was in L.A. That's why Miranda was in L.A. The pilot didn't get picked up. She had bought this new apartment, hoping that the money from this pilot was going to come in. And now Shay has been working at a doctor's office for pets uh what you call it uh <laughs> a veterinarian and shay has not found their passion for doing stand-up again and so this is shay's first stand-up and miranda is there and, and baby all of their jokes are about shay dating a heterosexual ex-married woman which is miranda and kind of really kind of just putting things on front street like just how Miranda wasn't good at things and uncomfortable, like just real, like not cool things. And so, of course, Miranda leaves her and Shay get into this big kind of sort of argument. And so uh, 
Miranda and Shay eventually make amends and they're like, we're both Carrie's friends. We're going to do right by Carrie. And although our relationship didn't work, we'd like to think that like our relationship was a train. It was a train wreck, but it was a train. And in order for us to get to the destination that we're at today, we both would have had to get on this ride together and get off at these stops. Now, that's a beautiful way of looking at it. Uh, Miranda also goes to finally visit Steve. Now, my friend Sarah has felt like she likes just like, just like that. Her biggest gripe has been, we're getting so much of Shay. We're getting so much of Seema. We're getting so much of Dr. Naya. Where's Steve at? Like, you know, Steve is an original character. Like, can we get some Steve? But they have not really given us a lot of Steve. We just know that Steve, uh, is not giving up that house in Brooklyn. And he has a new venture on Coney Island, which is like a stand. And Miranda goes to visit. And they have this really good conversation. And Miranda is like, hey, I know it's been an effed up year. I know a lot hasn't been great, but I don't want to get updates about you from Carrie. Like, I would like to get updates about you from you. I would like to be a part of your now. And possibly your future, not in a romantic way, but like we've raised a beautiful child together. We've had an amazing relationship. Like I still want to be friends. And so, of course, Steve obliges to that. And for me, the best part of this scene was they were like off standing to the side on Cody Island and Brady kind of rolls up and they don't see Brady. And we just see Brady looking at his parents smiling. And for me, that is what did it for me because throughout this season, Brady has been going through a lot of things. Brady been off in Europe with his girlfriend. The girlfriend didn't love him calling Miranda. She wasn't there. And he just has had a rough little beginning. So it was really good to see Brady seeing his parents be nice. So that's kind of sort of how they wrapped up things with, Miranda. She also has like is just blossoming at this job that she is at. And so it's like, okay, like we get it. Like, you know, she's off to her new beginning. Now, Charlotte, we love Charlotte. You know, her her two children, her husband, her dog. Charlotte is everything is perfect. And last season, we really seen Charlotte get out of her comfort zone with her daughter who wanted to be called Rock and use them, they pronouns. And so Charlotte and her husband were really kind of sort of like, oh, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know how to do it. Like, but, and I thought that that was a really good representation of parents dealing with a lot of the things that they deal with with children now. Because now that we have knowledge, now that we have words, now that we have meanings and things, like a lot more children are expressive. And so, I just thought it was interesting how Charlotte and her husband handled it. And I thought that it was great to bring that to a show like this. This season, Charlotte's oldest daughter is about being her own person. And throughout this season, Charlotte clearly is a stay-at-home mom. She raised her children. And she's just like the go-to person for everybody in her family. She gets an opportunity to work at an art gallery. Now, we remember from back in the Sex in the City days when it was on TV show, that's what Charlotte did. That's like, you know, that was Charlotte's bread and butter. And so at first, her husband is not for it. And of course, he allows her to go and explore this. And of course, like Charlotte, she had to kind of first realize, girl, I am not 21-year-old Charlotte, right? I am 40, pushing 50-year-old Charlotte. Like, my body ain't the same. Um... But that is something that we all experience, right? Like, child me, like, I wish I could 
Still have my little skinny, skinny body that I had back when I was 20 and I didn't appreciate it. Uh, but now, right, I have this new body and it's amazing. And, you know, it's you, and I need to appreciate it. And so I just love that scene with Charlotte kind of really kind of acknowledging I'm not that person that I was 20 years ago, but I am this person today and I'm still amazing. And so she goes to work. And she, like, finds her footing, and she's amazing at it. And, of course, as she starts to thrive and work, her kids are like, Mom, I left my notebook at home, and can you get it? Mom, can you do this? And then she calls her husband. Husband's like, well, I'm at work. And Charlotte's like, well, you said you were going to help out, right? Well, this ain't helping out. For 10 years, I was the person that did this. And so, again, I love this storyline evolution of Charlotte where you've devoted your life to your husband and your children, and now your husband and your children are getting older and independent, where does that leave you? And for Charlotte, it was the fear of not being as good as what you once were, not looking like how you used to look, not knowing if you'll be good at what you're doing, and you just need to try and and move forward. And so she has, and she succeeded, and now her family is acting like they need her more than ever when two weeks ago she was invisible. And so Charlotte has a drunk night and she goes out with her coworkers because she just sold uh, over $100,000 piece to Sam Smith. And she cuts up with the girls and the kids and the family is calling her and she's like, I don't got time for it. And she come home drunk and she just lets them know slightly and politely that before I was your wife, before I was your mother, I was a person. I had a life. I had aspirations. I need for you to know that. Okay. She let them know. And so, again, that kind of sort of like wraps up with Charlotte uh, being, she has her career. Her children are growing up. She's getting her independence. Now, y'all know when Just Like That came out for season one, you know, Samantha, the original Samantha, says she is not signing on to do it. She says she feels like the role of Samantha, she has beat it to the ground and that they should explore more options and she would love to see a black Samantha. And so when they were casting uh, the cast and we didn't know what the season was going to be like, they had casted uh, Nicole Ari Parker, who plays Lisa. And so a lot of people were speculating that she was going to be Samantha, but we know that she's not. She's Lisa. Uh, we get a surprise scene from Samantha. Carrie is, she has sold or she sold her apartment again and she is having a last supper last meal and i guess miranda and charlotte invited samantha but she couldn't come so she facetimes in with carrie now in season one they've talked about samantha they've texted with samantha but we actually got samantha like in a car uh so i thought that that was cute and again for me this gives more them closing the series out like not a season out but a series out to kind of like at least get samantha in uh to kind of complete the circle and essentially samantha can't make the dinner but she was going to fly all the way to new york just to make the dinner but again i still liked that we got to see samantha now let's close things out with our girl carrie carrie um has been trying to figure out her life without big she was mourning last season attempting to date this season, she had a fling with her podcast executive. It didn't really work. She didn't really want it to be anything more than a fling. You know, she was trying to have a hot girl summer. Okay, listen, I ain't mad. Okay, because I'm having me a hot boy. Well, I'm actually not having a hot boy summer. But 
I'm trying to. Um, and so she just was, you know, getting her foot back out in the dating realm. Wasn't really working and just really trying to figure out what was going on. Long story short, she ends up sending Aiden a message. And if you are a real fan of uh, Sex and the City, then you should know Carrie's had two loves. Uh, all the series has been Mr. Big and Aiden. And she kind of sort of chose Mr. Big and broke Aiden's heart. So she sends a random email to Aiden. Aiden responds. He wants to meet up for dinner. They meet up for dinner. Aiden's got, I think, three kids. He's divorced. He's got a house in upstate New York. Um, and he's like living his life. Him and Carrie kind of like hit it off. And they're like back in love again. The one caveat is that he will not come to Carrie's house. That's where Carrie broke his heart. He feels like if he re-enters the house, uh, he will get mad at Carrie again. Understandable. So they go on this love affair. She's going over. She's been in weekends in the country. He's every other week. He comes to the city. He's got children. It's very evident that the like the one child who uh, is always FaceTiming Aiden, he don't like Carrie. Uh, he, you could just tell he don't like Carrie and he just really wants his dad. Uh, Carrie meets with Aiden's ex-wife and she's like, I'm happy that you and Aiden are, you know, doing whatever y'all doing. But she's like, and your next book, like, please don't write about my kids or me. Um, kind of weird. But, you know, she told Carrie that. So Carrie is just on cloud nine uh, with Aiden and being that they cannot go back to Carrie's house. They are subletting Shay's new apartment because she can't afford it. Um, and they're also staying at different hotels. Now, Carrie, in season one of Just Like That, there is a younger woman who moves in downstairs below Carrie. And in all intensive purposes, it's really supposed to be like Carrie looking at Carrie. Like the lady that lives downstairs, I can't tell you her name. She like makes jewelry. And essentially, it's like she's the younger version of Carrie. So Carrie sees herself so much in this downstairs neighbor so Carrie really likes her and admires her and is trying to be a mentor to her um Carrie in moving forward with Aiden is asked I think Charlotte like did she make a big mistake in her life and was big a mistake should she have went with Aiden oh child blasphemy how dare you speak on Big's name like that <sighs> anyway uh so she's really head over heels and she doesn't want to continue to go back and forth with these apartments and Airbnb. And so she asks Seema like she's ready to look again. And so she finds this perfect house uh, and that she puts an offer in and it's enough space for Aiden and the kids to come and visit. And so Aiden is all about it. However, it just seems like y'all moving a little too fast for me. Right. Like it's just like, girl, you just met up with him and now you about to buy a house you you gonna leave the apartment how much it took for you to leave the apartment in the first place then for you to come back to the apartment and now you about to leave the apartment for a house for Aiden over an email <sighs> it's a lot then the downstairs neighbor that Carrie has her landlords who own that apartment are not renewing her lease and she needs somewhere to live and so it's so convenient for Carrie to sell her her apartment at a really good rate now it's like things just can't be too good. So Carrie is planning this dinner and Aiden is like, yeah, I'm not going to come to the dinner because, you know, I don't want to go to your house. But like, I can't wait to start this new beginning for Carrie and he and Aiden um, in this house that Carrie just has bought. Now, it seems all 
too good to be true, right? So while Carrie and Aiden are laying in the hotel bed on one of Aiden's weekends in the city, uh, he gets a phone call. It's pretty late. He's like, what, what, where, why, what, what? So one of his sons got into a car accident and Aiden needs to fly back to be with him. So, of course, Carrie is like all supportive, like whatever you need to do. Next episode she's talking to Aiden. Aiden reveals to us that it was a little bit more than just drinking, that he got into a fight with the mom and wanted to go back to the country house because that's his home. That's where his dad is. And so he was drinking and it looked like he had some mushrooms and a whole bunch of other stuff in the system. And he was trying to drive back to Aiden's country house to be with his dad and he crashed. And so Aiden just feels so guilty. He wasn't there. How does a 14-year-old get his hands on all of these drugs? Well, Aiden is 2023. They can get it anywhere, okay? But, and so he just really needs to be with his son right now and that he can't commit to anything. And so Carrie's like, well, of course, like, whatever you need, take your time. Like, I'll come up and visit. And essentially, Aiden tells Carrie he needs some time time. He needs to spend some time on his kids and that he ain't going to be able to move forward just yet. And well, Carrie's like, well, how long? And he tells Carrie, give me five years. Five years. And Carrie has her last supper dinner, which was amazing. Aiden ends up kind of flying in to surprise her, not for the dinner, but for after. Uh, he finally comes to the apartment and they kind of like kiss. And this is when he tells her like, he needs five years until uh, his youngest son is like 18 and that he feels more comfortable. And it seems like kind of sort of Carrie like obliges a little bit. Uh, no, sir. First of all, not a huge fan of Aiden. So, and anybody, five years? I, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's really how the story ends. Um, and so, but again, everything kind of just got really wrapped up. And so it's like, I wonder if there will be a season three because I could see just the series ending like that, but I could just say this. I enjoyed it. If you've not watched it, I definitely think it's worth a watch. If you aren't a huge fan of Sex in the City, you don't need to be one to watch this. Uh, you can kind of just pick back up right where they're at, like it's a new series. Uh, so, I mean, I'm here for it. Let me know if you feel like season three, there'll be a season three, or let me know if you feel like the way that they wrapped this up, they wrapped it up like it's a done deal. Uh, that's it. But that is my take on Just Like That Season 2. And I ain't waiting five years for nobody. Keeping the menu rolling. Keeping the menu rolling. Keeping the menu rolling. Keep, 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 keeping it rolling. Now we are on to the Summer I Turn Pretty Season 2, an Amazon original. I gave you my take on the first half of the season of season two. Now, here we are. Season two has concluded. Now, let me just say this, right? I just talked about just like that and how season two just wrapped up with that and how it felt like, it definitely felt like a season finale. Maybe feeling like a series finale. Okay? It definitely gave some ending. Now, the summer I turned pretty. Now, I was away when it came out. was in Nevada. When it came out, but I definitely downloaded it because I was like, I'm going to watch this on the plane. When I watched the end of the episode, it just felt like, okay, an episode ending. This past Thursday, I'm like, ooh, we got an episode to watch. And it was no episode. It definitely did not feel like a season finale. 
it felt like mid-season episode. So I for sure see us getting a season three. Now, here's something that I took me out while I was away in Sacramento, when I was in Nevada, when I was in Lake Tahoe, when I was at the airport. I kept stumbling upon people having conversations about the summer I turned pretty. And listen, you know me, I would jump right in to the conversation. It seemed like a lot of the conversation was like, are you team Conrad or are you team Jeremiah? When I was talking to these lovely ladies in Lake Tahoe, uh, forget the lady name, charge it to my charges to my head and not my heart. Uh, she was on her bachelorette trip and I took some photos of them on the beach because they was about to do a selfie. I was like, uh-uh, girl, it's your bachelorette. We, we, all the girls is in black, baby suits and you are white. We got to do something. We got to make some content. So I was helping them out. So anyway, I walked up on them having the conversation. Is it Conrad or Jeremiah? And child for me is Jeremiah. But we also got into this conversation about like how the summer I turned pretty is so much like the twilight. Like belly is... Belly is Bella. Jeremiah is Jacob. Conrad is Edward. Like, it's literally the same thing. It's kind of crazy. Um, and I feel like how much Edward and Conrad are alike and how much Jeremiah and Jacob are alike, how much Belly and Bella are alike, it's crazy. But I don't know when my love for the summer I turned pretty ramped up. My friend Chelsea told me about it last year last summer actually and she was like oh you need to watch this and I kept putting it off and then I got into it and in season two I was a little back on the fence about how I feel about them doing these flashbacks but as the second half of the season has aired and I've got to watch it I can appreciate the flashbacks so we know the summer house okay is up for grabs the mean aunt is coming in trying to sell it uh the kids have gone down to Cousins Beach, Massachusetts to do what they can to save the house, but ultimately they can't save the house. And so the house, they like it, she accepted an offer. And so the kids are like, well, this is not what Susanna would want. And so they're like, if we're going to lose the house, we need for, we need to go out with a bang. So they decide to throw a party and it is an amazing, cute little party. Um, it's a rager. And at the party, it's like Belly is still coming to understanding that her and Conrad are over and she wants to explore these new options with Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is a little on the fence because Jeremiah is like, look, I let you know how I felt about you before my mom died. You ultimately chose Conrad. It broke my heart. And I'm not trying to go through that again. And Belly is trying to let Jeremiah know that it's you I want. Now, also at the party is Taylor. And, you know, Taylor and uh, Belly's brother, Steven, are kind of sort of a thing. Now, mind you, I wasn't here for it, but I am here for Steven and Taylor. I love it. But mind you, Taylor got this boyfriend named Milo, who's a musician who everybody loves. And, you know, she's kind of in a relationship. So at this party, when they're setting up, Milo is calling. But Steven is like, feel some type of way. So Steven always jumping in the call when they... She on the phone with him. And so, baby, Milo show up to the party. And, of course, where is Taylor? Taylor is with Steven. And so Milo and Steven get into a fight. I'm like, oh, no, don't fight. But Steven kind of beat Milo up. Now, the gag is after Milo went home, not Milo went home and made a diss 
album about Steven. And so that's kind of like the talk of the town back in Philadelphia, because you know they're from Philadelphia. They're from the suburbs. Uh, but back in Philly. Now, we got to hear a little clip of some of the diss track. And mind you, the diss track is kind of fire. Like, I need for them to release the whole diss track so we can listen to it, even though we're Team Taylor and Team Steven. So, uh, yeah, so they get into a fight and Belly gets drunk and it's like this confrontation with Jeremiah and Conrad at the party and she's like left in the middle of the room and she doesn't know who to turn to and she's looking at Conrad and they're kind of like making these little eyes and then she turns to the right and she sees Jeremiah and Jeremiah sees the way that she was looking at Steven and Jeremiah walks off and Belly is just like drunk and so she goes upstairs and she has like, you know, you ever been... You ever had one of the moments where the room be spinning and you close your eyes like it's like Belly is having one of those moments. And in that moment, she calls her mom, Laurel, who she's been somewhat estranged with because Laurel hasn't really been processing Susanna's death. And she just really hasn't been there for the kids. And Belly has really had to step up as the parental role this season and making sure everything is done. But Belly hasn't really opened up to her mom because her mom hasn't dealt with Susanna's death. So it's like her mom's just not there. So Belly in a drunken state calls her mom and says that everything is horrible. I need you. The house is like sold. We're not going to have the summer house anymore. Steven and Conrad hate me. And so Belly go to sleep. Belly wake up to Laurel. Laurel then drove middle of the night. Laurel said, where are my babies at? Laurel came up in the house and was like, what's going on? And so Belly's like, mom, you're here. She's like, yeah, you've called me last night crying and now I'm here and I've been calling you all night and you ain't pick up and you drunk and you lied to me. You said you was at Taylor House. Now you at Summer. And so her and Belly go back and forth. Child, Laura, Belly talk back to Laurel. Laurel, psh, pop her in the mouth. And she, Belly deserved it though because if I, listen, if I were to talk to Barb like that when I was that age, child, y'all would be visiting my burial site. So Belly leaves the home and she leaves the home and she goes to the beach. Jeremiah comes to kind of like, you know, make her feel a little better. They go back to the house. Laurel wants to talk to her. And Laurel has a flashback of her and Susanna in the back of the yard where, you know, Susanna is telling her, like, hurry up and write the book. Don't be scared. All of this stuff. And so she kind of sort of has these good memories of Susanna. And Susanna meets with the crazy aunt. And she talks with the aunt and it's like, you know, Susanna loved you. And so Laurel and the aunt are able to kind of go back down memory lane and kind of like unhash some trauma and really be like, this isn't what Laurel wanted. And although like Laurel's family may not have treated you right when you were a child, Laurel loved you and loved you like a sister. Laurel never wanted to have tough conversations, but that doesn't mean that she didn't love you. So uh, not Laurel. Susanna never doesn't mean that Susanna didn't love you. Like, you know, she just didn't want to like see her father uh, or her mother as like these evil people that they were to the aunt, but she loved you. And so Laurel is able to get the aunt to reverse the sale, but they got to convince the dad to buy the house. So Laurel called the dad, the dad drive down the cousins and Laurel again it's like, you can do right by Susanna. You can do right by the boys. Like, you know, they lost their mother. This is a piece of them. So in the end, the dad is like, well, I'm going to have to sell the Boston house. Well, do what you got to do. So in the end, it looks like they are going to be able to keep the house. Hooray. Now, 
personally, I didn't like how uh, Laurel comes in one day and all the problems are gone. Like, they should have included Laurel from the get-go. Now that the house is saved, Conrad has his finals. And Conrad has the opportunity to get into Brown, uh, to change schools and get into Brown. But he's got to pass his final. And so he hasn't taken school seriously the last two weeks because he's been out at the shore. And so Belly devises a plan that they will all stay up and they will... Do a study session. Steven, Jeremiah, and Conrad, they'll all do the study session and get Conrad ready for his final. So they get the study session on and popping, and they're all doing really well. Uh, then they go to sleep, and then Belly notices that Conrad has left. Conrad is outside. Belly comes outside with Conrad, and they kind of like, again, it's like this hot and cold, hot and cold. And that's why, listen, I am Team Jeremiah. Regardless if Jeremiah is not the person for Belly, I just can't take Conrad's hot coldness, hot coldness. Like, yeah, I understand last season they said he was like that because he was dealing with his mother dying. Now, this season, it's like he's dealing with his the death of his mother. But I, I, I want to like Conrad, right? But it's like, I just, I can't take the hot coldness, hot coldness, hot coldness. So they kind of have a moment then it's like, but he's still cold. So then the next morning, Belly is assuming that she is on punishment because she lied to her mom. And so she's like getting ready to go with Laurel to go back to Philadelphia. And Steven is talking to Conrad. And now Steven is team Conrad and Belly. Taylor is team Jeremiah and Belly. I am team Jeremiah and Belly. Uh, Steven is talking to Conrad like, hey, uh, you got to let her know. Like, you got to let her know you still care. Like, you gotta let her know if she, how is she supposed to know like you know she thinks she don't love her anymore because you know of the fight that they got into and so that kind of sort of gives Conrad a little more um uh Laurel surprises Belly and she comes back to the house and she's got coffee and she's like here's for the road trip and Belly's like oh my god you're letting me go and she's like that don't mean you're not still on punishment but I want to make sure that I'm there for the kids and there for you so you could go they all make this pack because they're all leaving that like they'll come back to the house at 4th of July because it's still like, you know, May at this time. So that's like they're like, OK, great. So Stephen makes his way home. Laura goes home. And now it's Jeremiah, Belly and Conrad in the car. Um, little awkward, but they make it to Conrad's school and Conrad is taking the final. Uh, we know that Jeremiah's school is just around the corner. So Jeremiah takes Belly to his school. Finch, where Belly could potentially go. He shows Belly the volleyball stadium, um, just takes her around school, and then they meet back at Conrad School, and Jeremiah and Belly have a moment. Like, they look into each other's eyes, and then they start to kiss, and they, you know, and then, of course, of course, they turn around, and who's there? It's Conrad. Conrad's like, oh, no, don't let me stop you. Uh, keep going. And then Conrad goes off and has a fit Jeremiah asks Belly to go after Conrad. She goes after Conrad and Conrad's like, I don't like you anymore. I don't like want you anymore. So it's like, you can be with Jeremiah. Like you can like, let all that go. You're good. And so Belly is kind of like, I did the right thing. Like I, I don't want to be with someone like Conrad. Like he's a jerk. Conrad eventually comes back. So they are now driving back to Philadelphia because they promised to get Belly home. You can imagine how awkward that car ride is. But Jeremiah is, you know, trying to be the bigger brother. 
even though he's the younger brother, he's driving. Conrad is all of a sudden in this like jerk mode where he is just like, oh, belly, you're reading a book. You don't want to read a book too much because you're going to get car sick, which she really is because Conrad does know belly. And Jeremiah's like, stop, like leave her alone, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, oh, you got to pick a brother. Which brother do you want? Which brother do you want? And so it's like that back and forthness that's like, oh my God, so uncomfortable. And like, come on, Conrad, stop being a jerk. Now in the midst of them driving back to Philadelphia, uh, child, you could say Hurricane Hillary came through because a rainstorm came through and it shut the highway down. So they had to get a motel and go figure the motel has only one bed. And so they have to... Stay the night there. Now, mind you, I just stayed at a hotel, a motel when I was in Nevada. Whew, never again. Um, and so, of course, Jeremiah leaves. He got to go get something. And so it's uh, not Jeremiah. Conrad has to leave to go get something. And it is just Belly and Jeremiah. And they're kind of sort of talking. And Belly goes to get ready for the night. And she goes to get ready. And then Jeremiah finds Conrad. And they kind of sort of have a conversation. And Conrad and Jeremiah are talking and Jeremiah is basically saying like, listen, like, I know you still care for her. And if you want to be with her, like, you need to let her know. And if she chooses you, then I'm good with that. Um, and a child, that's, that's, I'm, I'm like, it's team Jeremiah. Like, is that even a question? Like, Jeremiah. So Belly gets out the shower. The boys decide to sleep on each side of the bed. Jeremiah goes to sleep. Conrad is up. And Conrad tells Belly that uh, he didn't mean what he said before and that he still cares about her and, you know, kind of wants to be with her. He doesn't say wants to be with her, but, like, leads on that, like, he didn't mean what he said. Now, child, the very next morning, he then tells her he didn't mean what he said. So it's like he's still playing these games. Like, it's like, what? So then when Belly gets up, Jeremiah is gone. She thinks that Jeremiah has left. Uh, and so she goes out to find Jeremiah. And Jeremiah just went in to town to get some breakfast for them. And kind of re reiterates what he said about what he said to Jeremiah last night is that, like, listen, if you want to be with Jeremiah, that's fine. I can accept that and things will be good with us. Like, it won't be a repeat of last year, but like, we, like, you need to figure it out because I don't want to keep playing this limbo. So they get back to the room. Conrad says that he is going to take a bus back to Cousins and he's not going to go with them and for Jeremiah to get Belly home safe. So Jeremiah. Uh, and Belly are going home and then Belly decides that she's going to go to the volleyball camp. She makes it to the volleyball camp and Jeremiah stays there and is like cheering her on. And that's how the, the, the episode ends with Jeremiah cheering Belly on at like the, the volleyball camp. And Conrad is back home at Cousins and it looks like all of Laurel's stuff is being delivered. So he's kind of like setting the house back up uh the way Laurel had it before they had moved it all out. And Taylor and Steven are kind of like exploring their options, but like trying to take it slow. And that's how the episode ends. Like that's not a season finale. And for me, it's like, okay, it looks like she's picked Jeremiah, but we know that it's not closed with her and Conrad because at nighttime when Conrad said he didn't mean what he said, you could see Belly was like, well, wait a minute. And see, I don't like that for Jeremiah because it's like, I'm team Jeremiah. I feel like Jeremiah has been the most consistent, the most like upfront, like Conrad been playing games. Conrad been hot and cold since we met him. I'm good on that. I'm good. 
but I don't know how I got so wrapped up and so emotionally tied into the series. Uh, I just love high school dramedies. I, I tell y'all that all the time. The Summer I Turn Pretty is amazing. I will be waiting for season three. Let me know if you are Team Conrad or if you are Team Jeremiah and let me know what your thoughts are on The Summer I Turned Pretty. Bob's got a message. Bob's got a message. Bob's got a message for you. This is Miss Barb, and I want to bring to your attention how to be kind to yourself. I came across this piece as I'm always looking for something to encourage myself, and it stuck with me. It rang a bell, so I want to share it with you. You cannot be so hard on yourself. You cannot keep tearing yourself down for your mistakes or failures and expect yourself to rise up. The more you beat up on yourself while you are going through hard times, the harder it will be on you. The more you give yourself love and grace and the more you lift yourself, the easier it will be to stand back up. The more you trust in your ability to rise, the easier it will be to rise up and continue ahead. Beating up on yourself for your mistakes is like kicking yourself when you're already down. It doesn't help. It does not do any good. It does not encourage you or make you feel like getting up. It only keeps you down. So stop. Stop beating up on yourself. Practice loving yourself harder when you're down. Practice lifting yourself up and being kind to yourself. Remind yourself that when you make mistakes, it only means that you are stretching and growing. And that's a good thing. You won't be perfect on your first try. And you do not need to be. Let yourself be awful on your first try. Let yourself mess up without beating yourself up for it. Let yourself learn and grow without judging yourself so harshly. Love yourself. Be kind yourself. Because you are growing beautifully. Love you. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be. And we are on to this week's Freak of the Week with a lot going on internationally. We have our Summer Olympics coming up next summer, 2024 in Paris. But the last couple of weeks have been filled with the 2023 World Athletic Championships. And we get to talk about a young lady that we talked about a couple years ago, Shakari Richardson. She was disqualified for competing in the Olympics because she had tested positive to marijuana and we were all up in arms. And then it seemed like 
She went through a stint of very bad press runs. She had lost a couple of races. People were saying her attitude and this and that. And then we didn't hear from her. And I mean, I've been, you know, I follow her on the instant. I've been seeing her doing these races and different things. But however, over the weekend, Shikari really had the road to redemption. She rewrote the championship record books in the women's 100 meter final to take the crown at 10.65 seconds for her first ever international title before adding in the 200 meter bronze and in the women's uh, four by 100 meter relay, the U.S. took gold. It is really just so good to see Shakari winning again, right? And I feel like in this country, we love to build people up only to tear them down. And especially Black women athletes. I feel like they had, are always under scrutiny for how they look, how they talk, how they dress. And it's never really about them and their talent. And I mean, you can go down the line of women athletes, specifically even runners. Um, pick apart their nails, Jackie Robinson. Oh, her nails are too long. Like, all of this and that. But I really am just here to celebrate our girl, Shakari Richardson. It's not about the past. It's not about what you've been through. It's about how you show up today and always being your best self and out here winning these goals. And it's definitely looking like she is eyeing for the women's U.S. team in 2024 in Paris. So this Freak of the Week is a big congratulations to Shakari Richardson. If Shakari Richardson is this Freak of the Week, that means we are coming to an end of another amazing episode. I thank you so much for always listening and supporting your baby boy. It's truly appreciated. If you have not already, please make sure you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts. The Purple Pants Podcast awaits for you to subscribe, write a review, give your baby boy some five stars, and don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend that it's the wrap-up, because it's a, it's a, it's a. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants.